Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. On the 18th day of January, thanks for joining me. We're working with the Genesis 21 account of Abraham sending Hagar and Ishmael out into the wilderness at the bequest of his wife, Sarah. And we looked at the the fact that uh, the 10th verse tells that Sarah wants the bondwoman and her son cast out. Uh, This displeases Abraham greatly, but God tells Abraham to do this. And we looked at this from a Jewish perspective yesterday, promising to look at it from a little bit of a a Muslim perspective today. And I say that with the full knowledge and knowing that you have the full knowledge that I am neither a Jew nor a Muslim and therefore can't speak with a lot of authority on how a Jew or a Muslim might take this story. So, I'm, like you, would have to study this as a Christian, as an outsider, looking into what is thought of these, this character or this story from both of those perspectives, but ultimately to lead us up to what we as believers, as Christians, believers in Christ, take from this story. So I want to try to do both of those today, which is look at it a little bit from a Muslim perspective, from the Quran, and then look at it as a Christian. And Ishmael as a character is mentioned over 10 times in the Quran alongside a lot of other patriarchs that we see from our Old Testament um, and is given this great place in the Quran among the the heavens. Um, the, the thing that really jumps out at me when I look at Ishmael through the lens of the Quran is how on par it puts Ishmael with Isaac to the point that there are moments in various versions of the Quran in which the story shifts entirely. For instance, in our story of of, uh, Genesis 22, which is the next chapter, when Abraham goes up the mountain, he takes his son Isaac to to offer as a sacrifice at the bequest of God. And in in some versions of the Quran, it's a nameless son that goes up the mountain with him. And the exegesis used by Muslims is that this is Ishmael. Because the child is nameless, you could insert Ishmael instead of Isaac as the son that is going to be sacrificed. Um, Whether that is the case or not, well, we believe it's Isaac based upon the narrative and based upon Genesis. But in either case... um, the story then is used as a metaphor for sacrifice, it, it, meaning less about who is sacrificed and the fact that a sacrifice is what is required. Also in the Muslim tradition, uh, there's a, a, a much deeper conversation that takes place when Abraham takes Hagar and Ishmael out into the wilderness. Hagar questions him multiple times, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And on the third question, she changes it and says, did God tell you to do this? And Abraham says, yes. And Hagar then sort of throws her shoulders back and holds her head up and goes into the wilderness saying, if God told you to do this, then God will provide for us. And in that, there is a very interesting uh, symbiotic relationship in some ways between the Jewish version of this story and the Muslim version of this story. Because in the Jewish version of this story in Genesis 21, when Ishmael and Hagar get into the wilderness... God goes with them. And here is an instance of God chasing Hagar into the wilderness and providing for her. What ails you, Hagar? Genesis 21, 17. 
Fear not. God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Rise, lift him up, and hold him with your hand. I'm going to make him a great nation. Right here in the Quran, when she picks Ishmael up from the ground, which strangely in the Quran, he's a baby. In in Genesis, he's 13. Uh, but when she picks him up, a well of water springs up out from under his feet, and Islam celebrates that well um, to this day. That's a sort of an Islamic tradition. Um, in either case, what happens, or what, I'm sorry, in, in whether or not that's the case for the Quran, what happens in the mind of, of Islam is that from this and from this people come much of what would be considered the northern Arab world geographically. And then ultimately, Ishmael grows up in Arabia, becomes fluent in Arabic, uh, and then Ishmael is considered the ancestor of those northern Arabs of whom Muhammad comes as a, uh, in that lineage. Now, what that then does for Christianity is that many Christians look back and say, okay, the source of this great split is Abraham and his relationship with his oldest son Ishmael and his youngest son Isaac and the fact that Hagar and Ishmael are sent out and it would be better off if Hagar and Ishmael hadn't existed because if Hagar and Ishmael hadn't existed then we wouldn't have this uh, conflict between Christianity and Islam. I think that's misinformed because I think that it has nothing to do with the fact that there's an Ishmael and an Isaac is why we end up with a Judaism and an Islam. Um, we, don't, we don't concern ourselves with the other religions of the world um, in, in regards to their origins or where they come from. This idea that, because I've been questioned on this and, and have fielded this and wrestled with this before, of is this some sort of mistake in the Bible? Is this, it would have been better off if Ishmael had never been born in regards to then there wouldn't be the Muslim people. How do you know there wouldn't be a religion of Islam if not for Ishmael? Um, that, I, I, don't, I don't see how that, because Islam traced itself to Abraham. They could have traced themselves in whatever way they, they choose back to Abraham, whether it's through Isaac or through Ishmael. To say that Islam wouldn't exist if Ishmael hadn't existed, I think is to misunderstand the, the formula for how religions are birthed. It's not just because one person is born to another person. Um, Christianity has coalesced around the faith in a resurrected Christ and we, we don't have to sit and argue the origins of the apostolic fathers or what happened to Christianity when it left this region and went into that region of the world. We base our faith on, on greater things than that. So from a geographic standpoint, from a historicity standpoint, I don't think it's much of an argument. From a Christian standpoint as to how we are to interpret the Isaac and Ishmael stories, I think we're messing it up. doesn't have to be how Judaism and Islam got their start because Islam wasn't even in the purview of the Apostle Paul when he gave us the allegory that's most useful for Christianity, and that's Galatians 4. That what Ishmael and Hagar represent are alternative ways of landing in the spot 
that we're destined to land. And if we use the way of the alternative, which is the way of the flesh, we are in constant conflict with the way of promise. If you want to call that Islam versus Christianity, fine. But I don't think it's the way that it's intended to be interpreted by us. With that said, yes, Islam traces itself through Ishmael. Fine. Um, Judaism traces itself through Isaac. Fine. Christianity doesn't trace itself through either. We trace ourselves through Christ. Now, we receive the promise intended to Abraham not through Isaac, but through Jesus. We don't receive it through Ishmael, but through Jesus. So what do we do with the story? We use it the way Paul did. Don't try to achieve through spiritual, through fleshly means what can be yours only through the promise of God. And when you do, you incur the difficulties surrounding the story of Hagar and Ishmael. All right, we move on tomorrow. Have a great day. God bless.